Hello and welcome along to episode 76 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely, as always, is uh, Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi mate, how you doing? I'm uh, very well, how, how are you mate? I'm good mate, I mean we were supposed to record this uh, yesterday weren't we, up until your untimely yeah. Uh, illness. <laughs> yeah, until I, until I became sick after eating a Chinese takeaway, yep, be, be careful <laughs> what you eat out there. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not been. A, it's not been a pleasant night or day for me, to be honest. But um, <laughs> no, we are here recording. So yeah, this is why the, the podcast is uh, uh, a bit later than usual this week because yeah, technical difficulties and also I've been a bit ill as well. So um, yeah, apologies. As well. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, apologies for that. But uh, yeah, we are here and we've got plenty uh, to discuss uh, in the show. We'll uh, of course be looking back on uh, Leeds United's one 0 win. Uh, at Sheffield uh, United from the weekend. Uh, we'll look at how the Leeds United under-23s and women's teams have got on this week. Uh, we've got loads of news and transfer news to go over as well uh, in this show. Uh, Leeds have been linked with uh, a fair few players uh, this week. We'll get on to all that um, in the show. And then uh, finally, we will preview Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Manchester City at Ellen Road on Saturday. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. <laughs> Well, let's start by recapping uh, Leeds United's 1-0 win uh, over Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane uh, from last Saturday. Uh, they left it late, uh, but got all three points in the end. It's our first away win of the season in what was the first Yorkshire derby in the Premier League for 19 years. Uh, Charles, to say that this game almost finished 0-0, it was a, a pretty good game, wasn't it? It was certainly entertaining. I had a lot of... Uh... Very much a back and forth. Not not in the kind of way that, you know, the Liverpool Leeds game was a, you know, kind of a proper game for the neutrals. It wasn't like a goal fest, but there was plenty of chances and plenty of good football played. It was just about both teams kind of biding the time and trying to trying to probe for the weaknesses. Of course, um, we eventually did make the breakthrough towards the end, but it was there was a lot of chances throughout the game that where you felt it was very even. You felt the game could have could have definitely gone either way. It was one of the, one of them few games where you think that every single result would have been fair. Them winning would have been fair. A draw would have been fair. And us winning, not not unreasonable. So I, I can understand why uh, why Chris Wilder was was whinging in his post match, but you know I don't care. I'm I'm pleased with the three points. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, yeah, it, it was a yeah very uh, yeah even game. It was a very entertaining game. Could have gone either way, as you say. You know Sheffield United had their chances. Leeds had their chances, but uh, uh, lucky for us. Uh, Leeds ended up uh, getting the win. Uh, left it late, as I say, uh, 88 minutes. Uh, the goal came on. Uh, Jack Harrison on the left, crossing the ball into Patrick Bamford, uh, who headed home. Uh, that's now uh, three goals uh, in three Premier League games for Patrick Bamford uh, this season. Uh, he became the first player in Leeds United's history to score in their uh, first three top-flight games for the club. Bamford is a man on fire, and uh, he's a man on a mission as well. Yeah, he's... Um... He, do, he does tend to do this, Bamford. He has these like bursts of form, uh, particularly when we sign new players. Uh, <laughs> when we signed Nketiah, when we signed John Kevin Augustine, and when he came back from injury well, um, to replace Roof. He has these like bursts of form when, it, when, when he feels like his, uh, his place might be under pressure. Obviously, we signed Rodrigo to kind of uh, rival him for the for the number nine spot. And he's, um, he's making a serious case to stay in the team. I mean, you, you, you play your informed players. And the moment Patrick Granford is probably our most informed player. Him and Jack Harrison, who obviously linked up for this goal, will probably been our best players all season. So I say all season, only three games in, but you know, the season so far, they've been our best players. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, this this goal was um, was an absolute peach. I mean, for me, the cross was far better than the header. <laughs> I don't know how everyone else felt about it. But the cross was 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 a beauty. Yeah, and uh, it it kind of just hit him square in the face, and it only wrong footed <laughs> Ramsdale. But he's having a fantastic season so far in Bamford, and I'm, I'm I'm pleased to see it. Yeah. I know, obviously, we've been critical of him in the in the past on the podcast, but you know, if players don't, don't perform, we're going to be critical of them, and if they do perform, then we're going to praise them. That's just the way it is. It's not, it's not the case of being fickle. It's not the case of you know having a dead set opinion on someone it's um, your opinion on a player depends on their current form at the time at, at the time Patrick Bamford's on fire so long may it continue I hope he's you know he claimed this one came off his nose I hope he, he's nosing it's, it's coming off his ass cheek his kneecap or, or you know <laughs> his shins however they're going to go in I'm, ple- I'm pleased with him at the moment so um, yeah, yeah good for him yeah certainly and uh, as you mentioned the cross from Jack Harrison was very good and uh, Harrison knew it himself he was celebrating the goal before uh, the ball even hit the back of the net was Jack Harrison and Luke Aylin as well um, but yeah Bamford uh, yeah with the goal here three goals in their three games very good hopefully Bamford does keep up the uh, good form uh, but yeah as, as you know as we've said you know the game could have gone either way I was really surprised that it was 0-0 so late on because both teams had chances uh, particularly Sheffield United uh, in the first half with a uh, uh, Lounstrom and uh, Baldock, uh, you know, being denied uh, what should have been certain goals by a certain twenty-year-old uh, uh, French goalkeeper in uh, Elam Meslier. Uh, Meslier with some uh, a few incredible saves this game. He was uh, unbelievable in this game, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean the the, the John Lundstrom chance uh, was probably his best save of the game, and it's probably the best save of his career so far. If, if, if he's been honest with himself, yeah, the, Luke Aylin kind of won the ball and was run, uh, was running upfield and made a, a poor pass, which uh, towards Stuart Dallas, which has got intercepted, and, and um, uh, Sheffield United have worked their way down our right, down their left, and um, and crossed it in, and McGoldrick's dummied it basically and, and left left Lundstrom, you know, unmarked about. 11, 12 yards out in the in the box. All he has to do is put it to the side of Meslier. People say, no, he hit it straight at him. He did not hit it straight at him. It was a decent effort. It wasn't right in the corner. It was a decent effort by Lundstrom, but a superb save from, from Meslier to put it around the post. And obviously, yeah, that one from um, Baldock, uh, yeah. where he put, palmed it over the bar after after getting slightly wrong-footed because I think he thought that the shot was going towards the far post, but good, strong left hand. So, yeah, he had a fantastic game, did, did Meslier, and he deserved his, his first clean sheet of the season. Yeah, absolutely. He was a uh, outstanding. Was a uh, was a uh, Messier really, really good in this game. Um, you know, I got the man of the match from BT Sport, and of course, televised the game. Um, he won the uh, man of the match poll on Twitter that I put out uh, after the game as well, getting eighty percent of the vote. Um, so yeah, very good uh, was Messier. Hopefully, uh, he, he can keep it up. Uh, as you mentioned, the first clean sheet of the season for him, albeit against a team who still haven't scored a Premier League goal this season. The only team who haven't scored a Premier League goal this season. But no, it, it was fantastic, was Meslier in this game. And I've said it before on the podcast, I think Meslier in a few years, you know, to, to see, you know, how good he is now at 20 years old, I think in a few years, he will be France number one and one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And I, I really do think that, you know, 20 years old, he's so good at the moment. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be uh, phenomenal in a, in a couple of years. So yeah, really good signing as well. Five million pounds. You know, how, how many Premier League teams, Charles, are, are starting goalkeepers who cost five million pounds and they're 20 years old as well? You know, there, there's not many. So um, yeah, he's doing I think well he's by, by a significant distance. I think it's... Um... Is it seven years? I think um, I think Martinez for Villa is the next youngest keeper, you know, starting keeper every week. I think he's 27 or 28. I think so. Mesley is, what, 20? He's younger than me and you. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, he's starting every week for, for Leeds United in the Premier League. So for goalkeepers who 
generally kind of hit their peak towards very late 20s or early 30s. For him to be, you know, starting in a Premier League side at 20 years old, it does kind of... Um, and if he keeps up his current form, then he may end up being a, a France international in the future, which will be, you know, brilliant. And I know he's been called up for the the under twenty ones again. So good luck to him. I'm uh, very pleased to see him doing so well. Yeah, I mean, of course, Messier can improve in some areas. I, I felt as though positionally at set pieces, it was a bit bit shaky. But you know, overall, he got a clean sheet. It was a uh, yeah, really good. Uh, was Messier, of course, helped by a uh, by a rock solid defence. Uh, Robin Cock, in uh, particular, uh, probably uh, his best performance so far. Yeah, but <laughs> the Liverpool game wasn't a great performance from him and uh, in, in general, although he did grow into it towards the second half. The Fulham game obviously gives away that, that daft penalty, which I, I didn't think it was a penalty, but, you know, you did, and it did get given. So, But he did play fairly well in that game as well. But this, yeah, it, was, it, it seems to be improving with every, with every game. And now he's got his regular centre-half partner next to him in Cooper. I hope he can become quite a solid um, solid outfit. Yes, Whether or not we see Juventus at any point, it will be uh, interesting to see. Yeah, were you surprised to not see Juventus involved at all on a Sunday? You know, Bielsa, you know, I know they said that he wasn't planning on going to the back three, but were you, were you surprised to not even see Juventus on the bench? Not really, because you know what Bielsa's like. He likes people up to speed and knowing the style of play before he gives them a spot on the bench. And um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I do expect to see him involved. I don't think he'd want to travel over from Real Sociedad and... Um, you know, to not even make our bench <laughs> in the Premier League. He will expect to be involved at some point. Yeah, but it's certainly going to take a lot of work for him though, isn't it, to, to get in the, in the lineup if Bielsa remains with the back four. You know, if Bielsa goes with the back three, then yeah, Juventus straight in there. But if Bielsa continues with the back four, you know, the, the two centre-backs are Luke, you know, Liam Cooper and, um, and Robin Coy, you know, it's going to take a lot of work for Juventus to get in there, isn't it? It certainly will, because um, Bielsa views... Um, Cooper and Streak as his two left-sided centre-halves and Llorente and Cock as his two right-sided centre-halves. So whether or not he can knock Cock out the starting eleven remains to be seen. Knowing Bielsa will be down to an extremely massive drop-off in form from, from Cock or an injury will allow yeah. Llorente in because we know how consistent Bielsa is with his starting 11s. If everyone's fit, then the, the team does not change, as we know. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see Cock versus Juventus really, because because they're both fighting for for that one spot in the uh, in the back four, really, aren't they? And um, yeah, it's, it's good and, and healthy competition, which you know is what we've needed in defence for for a long, long time, really. Um, so yeah, I'm glad Juventus come in, and yeah, it's going to take a lot of work for him to get in, uh, but it's going to be interesting, you know, because Cock. Do, do you think Cock had a really good game because Juventus has come in? Do, do you think you know the now that he's got competition day, he's thinking, all right, I need to play well now. So do you think that kind of helped? No, I don't know. It, possibly. It might have had a, had a small impact, but I think it's mainly down to um, him adjusting to the Premier League and his teammates and becoming more more, more used to the system that we that we play and you know more familiar with his role in the team. I think that's that probably comes down to it more. I think we did kind of chuck him in the deep, very much in the deep end at Anfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but we had to do. We, had, we, didn't have any, we didn't have a choice. It wasn't fight or maliciousness. We, we needed yeah. him in the team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see him uh, adjust and become even better because I think he has the potential to be to be better. He's not he's not a young centre-half, but he's certainly not, you know, at his peak yet. I think he's, what, 24, 25 is Robin Cox? 24, he's got yeah. To, 24, so he's got plenty of time to improve. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he can do. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we mentioned Liam Cooper there. Of course, uh, he made his uh, 200th appearance for Leeds United um, on Sunday. Uh, he's come a long way, hasn't he, since making his debut in 2014, Liam Cooper. 200 appearances now. It's uh, unreal. 
Premier League Liam. Yeah, it's great. It's great to see how how much he's uh, progressed over the years, isn't it? Yeah, well, because he uh, if he if he'd have said to the the lad playing for Chesterfield that he would be one day captain in a, a team in the Premier League, he'd have probably laughed in your face. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, two years yeah, ago, I'm... if you had told me that Liam Cooper was captain in our side in the Premier League, I'd have laughed at you as well. But you know, Bielsa's <laughs> turned his his career right around, and yeah, here he is, Captain Cooper in the Premier League. Insane. A lot of things can change in football in a very short period of time. The amount of improvement that he's made has been fantastic, really. And I thought he had, a, yeah, I thought he had a decent game against Sheffield United as well. Uh, now, now that he's, uh, you know, back in the starting level properly, because um, obviously he missed the um, Liverpool game through injury. He uh, had a, had a bit of a questionable game against Fulham because we did give away a couple of soft goals that were kind of down the the left hand side with him and Stuart Dallas not having great games defensively. Uh, but this was this was a far more robust performance from the defence and the kind of thing the kind of performance defensively that I, I want to see week in, week out. Because we can't concede uh, the amount of goals we did in the first couple of games and stay up. It's just not feasible. We need to be solid. Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, very good game. Liam Cooper had all, all the defence and the weekend had a really good game. Uh, Stuart Dallas in particular, I thought was was excellent. Um, I'd say he was at left-back, but he kind of wasn't at left-back. He was all over the place, really. If you've seen Stuart Dallas's heat map from uh, the weekend, it, it was literally all over, the, all over the place. He cropped up on the right a few times. Of course, he had that very good chance in the uh, second half where he had an open goal to aim at and probably should have scored that, really. You know, a stronger shot and it's going in, but he just hit it a bit weak and Basham was able to get back and clear it. You know, Stuart Dallas probably should have scored that chance, but no, Stuart Dallas all over the place and it, it was really, really good in this game, wasn't he, was uh, Stuart Dallas? Yeah, I, I think Bielsa changed the formation. I think we started in the 4-1-4-1, but then, as we know, Bielsa likes the extra man in defence so I think we we swapped to the uh, three. What was it? Three three one three three. Yeah. Well, I think Stuart Dallas got put in midfield with uh, Mateus Click to try and assist um, him and Calvin Phillips in in the centre. So I think he got kind of drafted out of left back into midfield. That's why he was all over the place. And I don't normally recommend watching Match of the Day too because I think it's a, just vastly inferior to the main program to be honest. <laughs> but. Um, what what if you watch the the coverage of the of the Leeds Sheffield United game? Watch the analysis they do on Stuart Dallas in that game because it's it's really good, really good and it's worth a watch. If you've not watched it, it's um, just ex- explaining how how much Stuart Dallas was just everywhere, <laughs> connecting yeah. passes, doing the job defensively, get getting in for um, to have a shot cleared off the line. He had that little toe poke at one point, didn't he? Which um, Ramsdale pounded away from the top corner. So he was he was absolutely everywhere and he did, he did a fantastic job really it was his versatility coming up really clutch in that game <laughs> yeah, ability yeah. to just play anywhere so yeah. um, I mean yeah, it's if, great if not... isn't it to uh it's great isn't it to have a player like Stuart Dallas who just can play anywhere you, you put him it's great isn't it yeah it's fantastic because if, if you have players that can't adapt or can't change or can only play in one particular way you're not going to be anywhere near as useful to a a manager like Bielsa, who's who every player has to be fluid. The way Bielsa sees it, every centre half should be be able to play in defensive midfield. Every defensive midfielder should be able to play centre half. Every full back has to be able to do the things that wingers can do. So every player has to be adaptable to be able to do every part of the game. Because if you're not adaptable, then Bielsa tends to not play. So um Stuart Stuart Dallas is probably the perfect Bielsa player in the team. You have to say, yeah, it, it was it was a really good performance from him. Yeah, and really good to see Stuart Dallas putting a good performance because we were quite quite uh, critical of Stuart Dallas uh, last week, you know, for, from his performance against Fulham and against Liverpool, really. So yeah, good to see Dallas uh, have a good game here in all the all the defense. Really, it's just nice to one 0 doesn't really tell the the kind of story of the chances of the game. 
No, no. I mean, it really should have. You know, if both teams were clinical, it would have been another seven-goal thriller, really. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's nice to keep a clean sheet. But yeah, so some of the talking points from the game, we, you know, we do need to mention Tyler Roberts, really, who, of course, started in place of the injured Pablo Hernandez. And Roberts didn't really have a good game, was replaced at halftime by Rodrigo. And Rodrigo, I thought, was, was really, really good uh, in the second half. Rodrigo did, of course, get subbed off late on for Alioski. Uh, but you know nothing, you know, too serious. Nothing injury-wise. It's just what Bielsa does. We've we've seen it plenty of times. Bielsa subbing off substitutes. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing to, to uh, look into. I too love, much. I love, I love the, the the tactic in the last five minutes of the game. It's a, you know when we're, when we're kind of grinding out a result and and calming things down. It's to bring on a lunatic like Alioski <laughs> to run around attacking yeah. midfield. And it's it's because <laughs> that's it. that's always where he plays. That's always where, we, where we stick him. His job is just to run around and harass people until yeah. the full time whistle goes. <laughs> so um, like like a one man army like. Yeah. So it's um, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting tactic from Bielsa that, but um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Rodrigo did have a good performance, a lot of nice touches, a lot of good link up with um with Bamford and um, involved with the, with the, uh with the goal of course. Obviously, Click runs it upfield, slips it into Rodrigo. Rodrigo spots um spots Harrison in a lot of space and um sets Harrison up to admit the cross, and so he's very heavily involved in the goal. And I thought, yeah, he did a great performance, and I think it's likely that Rodrigo will start against Man City. Yeah. I mean, it's Tyler Roberts, though, he, he really didn't have a, a great game, did he? He was a bit of a passenger in that first half, really. You know, tried a few things, but it just didn't really work out for Tyler Roberts. He's he's not really a number 10, is he, is, is Tyler Roberts? He's a striker, really. I don't think he can in the play in the number 10 position. He's getting crowded out quite a lot and he couldn't really yeah. find much space or much creativity because despite everyone going on about Sheffield United being a, being a good team, they are a very defensive team. They have that, they play the 3-5-2 and they, they push the centre-halves forward and they basically stack the midfield with a with you know eight players who just sit there and block all avenues of passing and... Um, so yeah, Roberts couldn't couldn't find any space or, or run, run through them all, and couldn't get couldn't really get any purchase on the ball. And it seemed to be that he spent a lot of time quite close to Patrick Bamford, but you know not really linking up with him particularly well. So I can understand why Bielsa made the substitute the substitution in the uh, at halftime. Yeah, I, I do feel for Tyler Roberts because I do like Tyler Roberts. I think he's a very good player. But yeah, he, he just don't really, you know, do too well at number ten. But when he plays at number nine, he's always scoring goals. You know, you catch your mind back to that whole City away game from last season. Came on as a substitute, scored two goals while playing at number nine. Yeah, he's a fantastic striker. He's just yeah, at number ten, he just gets crowded out. So yeah, I do feel for Tyler Roberts, and I do feel that this game did really highlight the fact that you know we we do need a number ten because although Rodrigo played played well. No, it did really highlight for me that we really do need a you know an attacking midfielder, a proper attacking midfielder. Yeah, I agree with you. We're going to talk about how that um, might be a problem in a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I do think we need another central midfielder, particularly an aggressive one that can um, that can do the job in midfield and help out not only you know create chances with Costa and Harrison and Bamford, but also you know do a bit of the dirty side of the game with. Um, with Click and Calvin Phillips, so I think we do, we do yeah. need a bit of a more solid presence there. Yeah, basically someone who can do whatever Pablo Hernandez does. Because, yeah, although Pablo is a very good player and it'd be great to see him start, he is 35 years old. We can't rely on him anymore. We, we do really need a replacement for Pablo, really. And, you know, we, we did miss Pablo in this game. You know, we, we did miss that, you know, just that cutting edge, just, you know, that one pass to cut open the defence. So, yeah, we, we, we really do need a midfielder just to do what Pablo Hernandez does when he's, uh, when he's uh, not there. But, um, you know, looking at positives, it was a very good game. I thought Ian Perveda, when he came on, he was excellent. 
you know, for a 20 year old, he, he's filled with so much confidence as Ian Pervera. I thought it was really, really good when he came on. Um, and yeah, a 1 0 win for Leeds, uh, consecutive clean sheets and maximum points at Bramall Lane uh, for the first time since 1974. Insane. Um, and yeah, that three points did move uh, Leeds United into the top six momentarily, uh, but uh, we are uh, now sitting in seventh place in the Premier League table on six points. And, uh, you know, Charles, I know we're only three games in, but this was a huge, huge three points, wasn't it? Yeah, because I think these are the kind of, people always said this with games like this, and sometimes they can come across a bit, you know, arrogant or sneering, but we do need to be winning these types of games because as we were saying in the in the preview last week we expect Sheffield United to be around us kind of mid-table lower mid-table uh, with their second season syndrome that's kicking in nicely <laughs> uh, unable to score any goals so far that's true uh, but they just signed Ryan Brewster so that might change but yeah this game the Villa game uh, that we will have coming up both games against Villa got coming up the games against Fulham West Brom these all need to be victories really because for every, for every game like that we're going to have you know the games against Scum the game at the weekend against Man City which is basically a right I don't want to say a write-off but it's going to because as, as we've heard against Liverpool we can compete but we didn't get any points against Liverpool and um, it could very well be the same this weekend I hope it is um and keep it a bit more solid and hopefully nick something given Man City's defensive issues. But those kind of games against the top six are difficult to get points in. I mean, those are the free hits, games, you could say, really. Yeah, those are the free And the games against Sheffield United are not free hits. They're the games you need to win if you want to stay in the division. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. The, the, the reality is, as a newly promoted side, our goal is to stay up in the division. And the teams around us are going to be, you know, your Fulham, Sheffield United and Aston Villas. And those are must-win games. I'd say so. Uh, yeah, it's good that we're picking up uh, points in these games, and uh, yeah, three points here, two wins in a row, absolutely brilliant. Hopefully, we can continue that form. But uh, yeah, Leeds United's next game is, of course, against Manchester City on Saturday at Ellenwood. It's going to be a very tough game. Uh, but yeah, Charles and I uh, will preview that game later on in the show. <laughs> The Leeds United 23s picked up uh, their first win of the PL2 uh, season on Monday afternoon uh, by beating Sunderland 3-1 away from home. Uh, 18-year-old striker Sam Greenwood with an absolute masterclass in this game, uh, grabbing a hat-trick with three terrific goals, uh, including a a sensational free kick. Um, And uh, Greenwood carried on uh, his uh, fantastic goal-scoring form uh, in the following game, uh, scoring the only goal in a 1-0 win over Middlesbrough at Four Parch on Friday. Uh, five goals for him in uh, three PL2 games. Uh, looks like we've got a, a very, very good striker on our hands, Charles. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans weren't particularly pleased when um, they sold him. And you can kind of see why he's a he's a very talented player. It seems to be fairly two-footed as well. And he's from Sunderland, so, so imagine scoring against the likes of Middlesbrough and against Sunderland, where he's from. <laughs> Must be um, quite the quite the experience, but um, yeah, he's he's really really seems to be like a, a good talent. And obviously, the game on Friday, we're, we're also recording this on Friday evening. I think um, Joe Geldart was injured today and had to go off, and so he will be pretty much the under twenty three's main man for from now on. And if he's to continue with his his uh, his current play and his goal scoring form, you got to say he's, he's he's due a chance in the first in the first team at some point. Yeah, can can you see him making Maybe the not- first team soon? I can see him making a first-team appearance this season if he's to continue yeah. the form he's in because I think it'll be 
it'll be difficult to kind of keep him out of the team if he's consistently scoring at the rate with the ability that he is doing at the moment. I think if it, we get around to the FA Cup, obviously much later in the season in, in January, it might be worth giving him a bit of a run in the in the FA Cup side. Yeah, certainly. I think, yeah, if Greenwood keeps on scoring in the un 23s you're going to have to include him in, in the first team squad at, at some point. You know, he is playing very, very well. I watched both Under-23s games this week and yeah, he was outstanding, making some very good runs. Know, very smart runs, good finishes, and uh, yeah, he looks to be a, a very, very good striker. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what what Greenwood can do, and you know, I'm just in awe of how good the under 23s actually are. You know, I was impressed with you know Cresswell, Charlie Cresswell. He, he's fantastic. Uh, Borgish as well, I think is is great. Drama as well, and Joe Gelder, as you mentioned, he is unfortunately out injured now. But um, yeah, we've got a very good team in the under 23s. Very, very, uh, you know, very exciting team to watch, really. Uh, but yeah, two wins for the uh, Leeds United under 23s this week. Fantastic stuff there from uh, Mark Jackson's side. Hopefully, they can uh, continue that good form. Um, and the Leeds United women as well picked up a, a victory this week. Uh, they uh, won 1-0 uh, against Durham at Four Parch uh, last Sunday. Two goals in two games uh, for new signing uh, Laura Bartup. Um, great stuff there. Hopefully uh, Dan O'Hearn's side can uh, can build on that and keep uh, picking up results. Uh, the uh, Leeds United women uh, take on Chester at home uh, in their next game at 2pm this Sunday. <laughs> Well, it's been a funny old week with regards to transfers at Leeds United. Um, on Monday, Leeds began to be heavily linked with uh, a move for 21-year-old Bayern Munich midfielder Mikel Cuisance. Uh, Bayern Munich had given the French midfielder permission to leave this summer um, and loads of journalists for likes of Phil Hay, Fabrizio Romano and uh, Sky Sports were pretty much saying that uh, the deal had already been done. You know, a fee of around 18 to £20 million pound had been Agreed, a contract was signed and everything, and it was pretty much imminent. Uh, but on Thursday night, the uh, deal collapsed. Uh, David Ornstein and Phil Hay of The Athletic, and uh, as well as many other uh, many other journalists, uh, reported that uh, Cuisance failed his uh, medical. Um, other reports uh, say that the deal uh, just couldn't be agreed between the two clubs, uh, particularly with the buyback clause. But I think that the fact that the Bayern Munich chairman said goodbye to Cuisance on his uh, Instagram kind of suggests that that probably isn't the case and it probably was a failed medical. But, but what definitely you know is the case is that the deal is off. Cuisance uh, will not be a Leeds United player. Charles, are you uh, disappointed by this? I was, yeah. I was a little bit disappointed by this because I, I think there's not much time left in the permanent transfer window and... I mean, I, I can't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know anything about him up until you know we we, we were linked with him and uh, yeah. allegedly interested in him. I mean, obviously not allegedly we were interested in him. So I didn't know too much about him, but he, he seemed like a good good player. He's 21, plays for Bayern Munich, and they they've just won the Champions League. What bits I have seen him, I know he hasn't had much game time the last couple of years, but I think he was munching Gladbach's um, Player of the Year a couple of years ago as well before he signed for Bayern. He's kind of got a little bit of pedigree about him and I was actually looking forward to getting, you know, the last player through the door and then, you know, kind of signing off as a good, as a good window. But obviously now we've got, what, <laughs> four days to yeah. record this on a Friday. We've got four, di- four, four days after this to, to sign a permanent player. <laughs> so, yeah, I am a, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, to be honest, I'm more concerned with us not having a player through the door than I am disappointed with him not having signed, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I certainly know what you mean. And uh, yeah, I agree with you as well. I, I hadn't really heard of Cuisance before we were linked with him either. Um, and, you know, Cuisance, he moved to Bayern Munich last season, uh, the start of last season, only made 10 appearances for the first team and scored one goal. Uh, very good goal, though, albeit a uh, very good left-footed strike and a 4-0 win. 
um, away at Wolfsburg. But um, yeah, you know, he's not, you know, massively experienced, but as you say, you know, it was part of a Bayern Munich team that won the Champions League. So yeah, he, he must have something about him really. Um, and yeah, he, he is very highly rated. You know, it looks to be a, you know, a very, very good prospectors, cuisants. And, you know, for, for you know, it, it would have been nice to see him through the door, but I must admit, you know, for an 18 million pound signing, I probably would have preferred to go, you know, with someone a bit more experienced, you know, so, someone who knows what they're doing rather than someone who could be good in a few years, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not too disappointed with the fact that, you know, that we're not going to get croissants, but I am a bit concerned that we don't have someone through the door, you know, because we do need an attacking midfielder. We do need another midfielder through the door and the, the uh, transfer window closes on October the 5th. So Leeds United need to hurry up really. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, isn't it? You know these these next few days because we do we do need to get a hurry on, don't we? I think Victor Otto is gonna be spending a lot of time in Manchester Airport over the next few days. So uh, good luck to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get everything sorted. Yeah, uh, I, I must say, I mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Quisance, but it sounds like croissants. And the thought uh, of uh, Bielsa going to Victor Otto go and get some croissants and Victor Walter mishearing him and hopping on the plane to Munich to go sign croissants is quite an amusing thought to me. So uh, yeah, just just wanted to, uh, to uh, share that. I've got but, um, this, this square ball nicknaming him Mickey croissants really made me laugh. <laughs> Mickey croissants, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mikel croissants will not be coming uh, to Leeds United and uh, yeah, Leeds United need to look uh, for alternatives and uh, yeah, just uh, three or four days left. Um, fans have been mentioning Rodrigo de Paul uh, again, uh, but that transfer <laughs> has still gone quiet. You know, there, there's still nothing else. And you won that. I mean, as we mentioned last week, you know, we we can't really see that deal happening now. Is Rodrigo de Paul going to be the new Gary Hooper or Kyle Lafferty, where we're just linked <laughs> with him for years on end, but we never sign him? Vidra. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, who, who do Leeds go for now? Who do Leeds go for now for you? What what player is out there, do you think, that we should go for? This is, this is a difficult one because very good attacking midfielders, Premier League standard ones anyway, you don't normally get them for £20 million. No. <laughs> they come along very rarely. So if it was up to me, what I would do, I would go and give the money to Udinese. I would just go and sign DePaul, to be honest. Yeah, I think they've they've stated that they're willing to sign for a certain price. We need somebody through the door. I think we're just we're just going to have to you know put up a shop really. We really have to sign somebody in. We keep getting yeah. continually linked with uh, with Todd Cantwell and you know Dan James, <laughs> and I'm not in, inspired by either of those players to be honest. It's not it's not 2019. We're not signing Dan James, <laughs> and, um, and and Todd Cantwell doesn't seem like that political. His stats aren't great, and I just I can't see. When you see what he's been like for Norwich with his, I hate to be, you know, go all Roy Keane on this, but his ridiculous celebrations when it, when he has scored, his, his fortnight dances, I can't see that fitting in well at the culture at Leeds with no. the fans or the players. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I'm not, not entirely, but that aside, I'm, I'm mostly joking there, but I'm not entirely inspired by his ability either. He's not an exciting player. He's not, I can't really, I don't think he's going to excite. There's a reason he got relegated with Norwich, really. And um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, the, the players who have been linked to currently aren't totally inspiring, but you never know. There's, there could be someone who's been kept successfully under wraps because obviously Quissons was kept fairly under wraps until the last few days or so. So there could be somebody else that we're not aware of right now. Yeah, you never know. We could sign a player tonight. 
even you know you, you just never know with Leeds they, they do seem to be keeping the cards very close to the chest uh, this transfer window but it, it would be just yeah. our luck to record a podcast and then to sign a player after we finish <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I agree with you I, I'd bite the bullet and just give you Deneza what they want for the Paul you know I just want an experienced attacking midfielder really just just someone just someone through the door yeah it would have been nice to get uh, you know crease on spot I do want someone who you know who's very experienced who knows what they're doing just through the door and and they can they can you know help us really and you know spark the team into life a bit really yeah just one more signing needed really in my opinion and that is a yeah that is an attacking midfielder um and yeah as as we mentioned the window shuts on a Monday the 5th of October yeah, Leeds uh, need to get a wiggle on, really. Um, as you mentioned there, Leeds have been linked uh, with Todd Cantwell, uh, the 22-year-old uh, midfielder from Norwich City. Uh, journalist uh, Peter Rourke and many other reports have said that Leeds have submitted a £15 million bid for Cantwell, um, and Cantwell was left out of uh, Norwich City's uh, matchday squad against Bournemouth on Sunday. Uh, it's very interesting there. Um, apparently, Cantwell you know, does want the Premier League, uh, the move back to the Premier League, and you know who doesn't? Uh, now, Phil Hay has said uh, that, uh, you know, some people have been playing the link down, but the link is there nonetheless. And, um, yeah, Cantwell, you know, I, I, I do think he is a good player. You know, I, I do think he is a good player. Of course, he, he does tend to play on the wing, really. Now, last season, Cantwell made uh, 37 Premier League appearances for Norwich, uh, scored six goals and got two assists. Um, and, yeah, this season he's played two games uh, in the Championship. Uh, now, now, Charles, I was going to ask you, is this signing you'd like to see happen? But you kind of answered that already. Yeah, I'm not. No, I don't want to see this happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not inspired by it. Yeah, I mean, Cantwell's also been linked with Fulham as well. So, yeah, I think that's probably unlikely to happen. But you know, it, it definitely could still happen. But uh, yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. Really, um, another one to keep an eye on uh, is Leeds uh, being linked with a 22-year-old winger, uh, Manchester United winger Dan James. Uh, Manchester United are close to bringing in uh, another winger, and if they do, then James would be uh, able to leave. Uh, so yeah, Dan James to to Leeds. W- would you like to see that happen, or, or are you not too bothered? I wouldn't be too. I, w- I wouldn't complain if Dan James arrived at Leeds. I, I wouldn't complain. I just, I know, but they're they're asking for about. I think they're going to probably go ask us for anywhere between twenty and twenty five mil, and I think that's too much for what. Yeah. I don't think he's worth that, and I think it would be a waste of money on our on our part to uh, to spend that on a player like him who hasn't really he hasn't really lit up the Premier League. I know he's been in a in a terrible club and a terrible team um, for his, well, his time in the Premier League. But even still, he's not exactly lit the league up. He's not been, he's been a bit inconsistent for them. And I think he'd probably be inconsistent for us as well. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't complain if he came to Leeds, but yeah, honestly, I, I just want the attacking midfielder. Just a midfielder I want. That, that's literally it. Just one more guy through the door, a midfielder. And, and that would be business done for me. Um, and yeah, a winger would just be a bonus. But yeah, for me, definitely a midfielder is needed. But um, yeah, a few, a few transfers there to keep an eye on. Uh, we have seen a player depart Leeds uh, this week. Um, 21-year-old defender Bryce Susanna has joined a League Two side Bradford City on a season-long loan deal. Um, again, it's great to see the club uh, sending out these promising youngsters out on loan to get some first-team minutes. Uh, good luck to uh, Hosanna on his uh, loan. Um, in other news, uh, Leeds United revealed their brand-new third kit for the season on a Wednesday. Uh, it went on sale at 8am on a Thursday. Um, it's a maroon kit with some, you know, gold trims. Uh, the badges is all gold as well. It's quite nice, really. Um, a pretty unusual design, uh, design though, on the front. It looks a bit like bricks. I, I don't really know what it is. Uh, but yeah, Leeds say it's a rewind to the uh, 1970-71 season, 50 years ago. A kit which was indeed red, um, though this kit 
is not red, so I don't really know why they're making that link, really. Uh, but yeah, the, the kit, I think it's fair to say it has split opinion amongst Leeds United fans. Uh, certainly not one for the uh, traditionalists, but um, now I don't really care too much about this, really. You know, it, it's not the best kit in the world, but it's not the worst kit in the world. Uh, Charles, what are, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the third kit? I'm not hugely fond of it, and I think that the the loose link to the 70-71 season is just to kind of keep traditionalists happy, as you say. Yeah. But I'm not going to buy it, but if you want to buy it, and you 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 like to look at it, buy it because it yeah. makes the club money. And if it's going to make money for the club, I'm not bothered. It's a third kit. It's probably going to get worn about five times a season if that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think with third kits you can experiment. Really, you know, I think in my opinion, third kits are just to sell and make the club revenue. Really, and uh, yeah, we, we as you mentioned, we'll only see the, the third kit a handful of times. You know, probably against the likes of Spurs. West Brom, Brighton, Newcastle and Fulham and maybe Chelsea and Everton, though we have played in white against Chelsea and Everton in the past. But um, yeah, we'll only see it a handful of times. I mean, how often did we see the Sky Blue kit last season? What, about three, four times last season, if that's So um, yeah, we'll only see this third kit a handful of times. Um, and yeah, as you say, Charles, you know, if you do like the kit, go get it. You know, there's been a lot of people who say, oh, it's red. You know, if you buy it, you're not a, you're not a proper Leeds United fan. No, you are, because the kit, one, is not red. And two is, you know, fairly nice. So, yeah, if you want it, go get it, you know, support the club. But, um, yeah, I personally won't be buying it. But, um, no, it, it is, you know, it's a kit. <laughs> it's a kit. It's a kit, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, Legion United third kit is uh, now out. So, uh, yeah, if, if you are interested in it, uh, yeah, you can you can go buy it. It is uh, on sale right now. Uh, moving on, um, it is the international break uh, next week, and uh, we've had a, a whole host of uh, Leeds United players be called up to their national teams. Uh, Liam Cooper has been named in the Scotland squad for their upcoming games against Israel, Slovakia and Czech Republic. Uh, Stuart McKinstry has been named in a Bill Stark Scotland under-19 squad for their upcoming friendlies with England. Uh, Cameron Phillips has had another uh, call up to Gareth Southgate's England squad for their games against Wales, Belgium and Denmark. Uh, Matthäus Klick has been named in Poland squad to face Finland, Italy and uh, Bosnia. Uh, Diego Llorente and uh, Rodrigo have been named in Spain squad uh, for their games against Portugal, Switzerland and Ukraine. Uh, Academy trio Charlie Cresswell, Joe Gelhart and Sam Greenwood um, have been named in the England under-19 squad. Uh, 24-year-old defender Robin Koch has been named in uh, Germany's side to face Turkey, Ukraine and Switzerland. Uh, Mezier, as you mentioned earlier, has been called up to the uh, France youth team. And uh, finally, Stuart Dallas has been called up to Northern Ireland's uh, squad for their crucial Nations League games this month uh, against Bosnia, Austria and Norway. Yeah, boy, that's a that's a lot of players called up to the national teams, and uh, yeah, it's great to see, isn't it, Charles? It is, but I'm a little bit concerned about the amount of players we're having go out on international duty. Given Liam Cooper went out last time and got um, got injured immediately, so I'm a little bit worried about it. But as long as they all come back in in decent condition and they're all right to still play, then I'm I'm not too fussed. Yeah, definitely. There is, of course, that scare that you know they could get injured on on a international duty. So hopefully they don't. But um, yeah, it's great to see so many international players in the squad now. And yeah, good luck to all the all the uh, players representing their uh, national teams this month. Um, and finally, Leeds United have had uh, two of their upcoming fixtures changed for TV purposes. Uh, the game at Hull at uh, home to uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers has been moved uh, to Monday, the nineteenth of October, with a kickoff time of eight pm. Um, and that's the first game back from the international break. 
um, and Leeds United's clash with Leicester City at Ellen Road will now take place on Monday the 2nd of November and will also kick off at 8pm. Uh, so yeah, that's already five of the minimum 10 TV games guaranteed in the Premier League. Leeds United, complete box office uh, it seems this season, Charles. It's looking good. We're clearly an attractive product for people to watch which we always yeah. knew while we were making the um, EFL, you know, millions in revenue while they gave us peanuts in return. So it's <laughs> nice to actually be paid properly because I think we get a million pounds a game that we're on um, on TV in the Premier League. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great, it's great stuff. Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which is against Manchester City at Ellen Road this Saturday. It's a 5.30pm kickoff live on Sky Sports. Pep Guardiola versus Marcelo Bielsa. Charles, this should be a fascinating game. I'm sure that will dominate the media headlines. Um, but yeah, I do think it'll be a, a good game tactically as well. Guardiola's got a lot of respect for Bielsa and Bielsa's got, certainly got a lot of respect for Guardiola. And um, I saw Bielsa's press conference basically taking no credit for, for Gu- any of Guardiola's um, achievements <laughs> whatsoever, which is a typical Bielsa, really. Um, I just hope we can make it you know, the same with Liverpool go, we can make it a really entertaining game to watch. And I think it can be yeah. if we go out and play the right way, which I'm sure we will. So, yeah, um, yes, similar to the Liverpool game, I think it's going to be, we're going to have a, a lot of freedom. It's going to be limited expectation. We're, we're just going to go out there and see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, it should be a very, very good game. You know, uh, Bielsa versus Guardiola, you know, two two very good managers, two very good football insides. Uh, Leeds will play how they always play. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah, the game. You know, what what kind of game are you expecting? Are you expecting an open game? Are you expecting plenty of goals? Both those things, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of chances. <laughs> I think it's going to be very open. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I think I actually think we'll score as well. I'm actually pretty confident we'll score. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to a, a nerve wracking game. I just hope we we keep as solid as we can and try and try and make it as difficult for them as possible. But you know, that's uh, there there is a trade off to pressing as high as we do, and, and we will we might get caught by the pace of some of their forwards. So, uh, but as as we're probably going to go on to mention in a second, there they've got they've got a few injuries which, which may assist us in trying to beat them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Manchester City, they've had a, a mixed start to the season, really. Uh, you know, they beat Wolves away 3-1 on the opening, uh, in their opening league game, uh, but then lost 5-2 at home to Leicester last weekend. Um, they did beat Burnley 3-0 in the EFL Cup uh, away from home in the previous game, and they did make a few changes in that game as well. But yeah, the big thing is at the moment is that Manchester City uh, have quite quite a few injuries at the moment. Aguero and Gabriel Jesus being the uh, the main uh, main players out at the moment. They've got pretty much no striker, really. They're playing Raheem Sterling up front as the number nine. So, yeah, that could play in our favour, really. And, uh, yeah, I think the game against Leicester showed that Manchester City can concede and they can make mistakes. They conceded three penalties in that game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm quietly confident heading into this. Uh, I, are you quietly confident heading into this? I mean, what, what what kind of City do you think do you think we'll see? And, yeah, do you think Leeds will be able to pull off a win? I think we have the ability to, especially given the, some of the nature of some of their injuries. But I think it's uh, it's a big ask. I think so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I got. I'm. It's another one of them, them games where I'm going to go into it with zero expectation, and then while I'm watching it, I'm going to get annoyed if we, put, you know, play a bad pass or you know don't, <laughs> don't finish off a movement. But whereas realistically, I should be just like, yeah, this is what I've wanted for, for the majority of my life is to see us playing these type of games. And yeah, we're probably going to lose some of them. So I think for me, it's going to be the case of keeping perspective. I I hope we can go out there and do, do our thing. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, if Leeds uh, do want the win, uh, they will have to do it without a 23-year-old winger, Jack Harrison, uh, who is not allowed to play against his parent club, Manchester City, uh, in the league. Um, yeah, he is, of course, on loan from, for the season from Manchester City. Um, yeah, that's why we saw Jack Harrison play in the under-23s on Friday uh, against Middlesbrough. And uh, yeah, the reason for the loan, some people are still confused about why we've only got him on loan again this season. Uh, yeah, the clause in his previous contract uh, expired due to the uh, the delay because of the coronavirus. So um, yeah, the yeah the clause in his contract first to buy him expired. Um, but you know the fact that he's on loan has suited Leeds a bit more. You know, considering the expenditure this summer, really. And uh, yeah, the option is there to buy him permanently for ten million pound next summer. So that is a very good deal. Really, for Jack Harrison, I'd say £10 million. So, yeah, Jack Harrison cannot play this weekend. So, I mean, I think Bielsa's has already said in this press conference this week that Alioski will play there. But um, are, you, are you happy with Alioski playing? Would you, or would you like to see someone else play? Maybe Somerville or Paveda play there? Do you, would you prefer to see someone else? I'd, I'd, I think I'd have preferred to, to have seen Paveda play uh, just because, obviously, we signed him permanently from, from Man City. So, he knows a lot of people there. He'll have something to prove. I think it would be a good game for him to play in. But I can understand why Bielsa would want to go with someone slightly more experienced like Alioski. Yeah. And I think Alioski's a bit... I think Paveda's a, a bit more lightweight than Alioski. I think Alioski's a bit better defensively. So, that might be in Bielsa's mind as well. Yeah, and it'll be great to see Alioski against Kyle Walker. What what a battle that'll be. You know, there's, there's going to be so many good battles, isn't there? You know, Matosh Click against De Bruyne, of course, former teammates uh, at Wolfsburg. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be some some interesting battles uh, this weekend. Uh, what about the rest of the lineup for you, though? So, you know, we're expecting Alioski to play on, on the wing for Jack Harrison. Uh, but what about the rest of the lineup? We, we, do you think we'll see Juvente play? Uh, you know, will Bielsa change formation? Will Rodrigo play in number 10? What, what are we expecting? I think it will be 4 one 4 because I think City still play with one striker, so that's the way it's going to be. I think Rodrigo will probably start, but I think the rest of the team will be the same. Other than Harrison with Alioski, but yeah, the rest of the team will be the same. Yeah, yeah, I reckon it'll be mostly the same, just Rodrigo at number 10 and yeah, Alioski out wide. Uh, but yeah, I do agree with you. I, I think it would have been nice to see Ian Pereira play, but um, yeah, someone a bit more experienced than Alioski, but um, no, it should be a very interesting game on uh, on Saturday. It should be a very entertaining game. Uh, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go for 3-2 C. I think they're going to lose. And I don't like predicting this to lose, but they are a very good team. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are a very good team. You know, it's annoying because, you know, if we do lose, you know, we've won two games in a row. It'd be nice to build on that, especially heading into the international break. It would have been nice just to have another easy game where we could get the three points. But um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. But, you know, last season, Norwich City beat Manchester City 3-1 at home. So, or 3-2 at home, rather. So, you know what? I'm going to go 3-2 to Leeds United. I'm going to do it. I, I, reckon, I reckon we could we could get the three points here. I, I hope you're right, mate. I hope I, hope I look, look back on this podcast and I, I look like an absolute mug because we've won the game. Yeah. I, I genuinely hope that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I will point out, I got the prediction right for the Sheffield United game. I predicted 1-0 and we won 1-0. So, um, yeah, it's, got, it's certainly going to be an entertaining game this weekend. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Leeds United uh, can pick up something up the weekend. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of episode 76 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, thank you for joining me, as always, mate. I do uh, appreciate it. And uh, thank you as well to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you are listening on there. 
uh, share the podcast around as well. It really does help us out, and uh, we uh, very much do appreciate the uh, support. Uh, follow All Things Leads on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for All Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search for All Things Leads on Facebook. And subscribe to the All Things Leads YouTube channel as well, if you have not already. Uh, Charles and I will be back next week. Uh, so for now, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>